The biggest threats facing us, it's all mm -hmm. internal. And since the last time that I was on, about two years ago, the left, the progressives, the socialists, communists, however you want to term it, have gone completely and utterly off the rails. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Well, thank you so much. Well, you asked for it. You got it. Patreon's asked to hear more from one of our most popular guests. And the reason he's one of our more popular guests is that he has the inside scoop from the intelligence community on threats facing us. We hear your questions all the time. I get messages and emails from our fans and uh, Patreon saying, Shelby, what do you think of this state to move to? And I can tell so many of you are, and it's good to hear that you're considering where you're moving because you're moving out of the heart of darkness, wherever that is for you, into a red state. I cannot stress enough, two people that I encourage you to look at and talk to are Jared Savick. He is a Montana red state realtor. And uh, Lizzie McDaniel, she's over there in Tennessee. You can find both of them at redstate-realtor.com. Those are two red states we recommend, and those are two realtors we recommend. You can talk to them about the pluses and minuses, and then more pluses about what it means to move to the red state that they represent. And we wanted to also let you know about Shelby's awesome project, Prepping for Kids and Prepping for Teens. If you're a Patreon supporter at the $5 a month and up level, you have access to videos where Shelby shows her actual face, which is very rare. And because they're creepy guys, the reason she wears oh a mask word. is not because she's afraid of COVID. She's already had it. She has natural immunity. It's because there are creepy dudes out there, which is a long story that we need not go into. But Prepping for Kids is Shelby reading currently Little House in the Big Woods, which is a great uh, uh, fiction book, storybook of Laura Ingalls Wilder. Nonfiction. nonfiction, that's right, of, of her growing up. And it's got some great lessons in it. It's perfect if you have kids. Uh, of your own, you have grandkids, you have nieces, nephews, whatever it may be. Well, and you're wanting to talk to them about the about prepping, and it's hard to. All right, kids, we're going to talk about nine millimeter this week. You yeah. know, it's we got to keep it kid appropriate. So that's the idea. And also, she does similarly prepping for teens, which is teen appropriate, a little bit, a little bit more mature stuff. And it's Island of the Blue Dolphins that she reads. So it's another great reason to be a Patreon. Well, let's get into it. Jack Decker, not his real name, is a former intelligence agency guy who resigned in protest and left a big fat pension on the table the day after Hillary Clinton left the Benghazi troops to needlessly die. When he was an intel guy, he participated in a government wargaming exercise about who would win a fight between patriots and the government. Hint, it goes well for the patriots. Jack, welcome to Prepping 2.0. Hey, glad to be back. I love you guys. I love being on your show. Slight correction to the intro, though. Uh, I resigned the day after uh, Comey gave Hillary Clinton a pass. Oh. Uh, sent uh, special access program material via dirty mail. Uh, but cl close enough, it did involve Hillary. I was just going to say. That's right. So, Jack, tell us about your background, though, beyond your awful relationship with Hillary Clinton and Comey. Roger. Um, I uh, I deployed to Iraq um, as a as a military contractor, uh, and by the time I left country in 2009, I was a GS-15 intelligence analyst. And if your listeners aren't uh, aware of what the GS scale is, uh, my next step up from the position I held would have required uh, Senate approval, which needless to say was never going to happen. Um, I've My specialty has always been concentrated on the Middle East. However, one of the things being an analyst does is it allows you to take the jigsaw puzzle, disparate pieces of information from different sources, put them together, develop a an overview of what's going on 
and to hopefully accurately predict what was going to happen in the future. And the, the reason that I managed to climb so far so quickly is that was something that I was exceptionally good at. Excellent. So the topic of this show is wide open because you're such a great guest. By the way, it's true. Patreons, we periodically ask them, who would you like to have as a guest? And a bunch of them said, we want Jack Decker back. So that's why you're here. And you were very kind to accept our invitation to spend some time and come on the show. So it's a wide open topic because we know you're going to knock the ball out of the park. What are the biggest threats facing us right now? The biggest threats facing us, uh, it's, it's all internal. It's all mm -hmm. internal. And since the last time that I was on, which if I remember correctly, was about two years ago, the left, the progressives, the socialists, communists, however you want to term it, have gone completely and utterly off the rails. And we're seeing this happen every single day. You go to a supermarket nowadays, you don't find chicken. The next day, there's no beef in the store or there's no toilet paper. Empty shelves used to be something, you know, myself as a child growing up in the 70s and 80s, we would laugh, you know, oh, you know, in Moscow, it takes you, you know, two weeks to get a roll of toilet paper standing in line. And we are not that far off from that point right now. And what we're seeing cannot be chalked up to incompetence. You know, Occam's razor, the simplest explanation, you know, is usually the correct one. You know, incompetence before malice. In this case, what we're seeing is malice. Um, I can't say, you know, with 100% certainty, you know, that yes, the progressives have engineered the destruction of this country, but if that's what they were doing, there is literally nothing they would be doing differently than they're doing right now. Tell us about the deep state. You've tangled with those guys. Uh, I was actually part of it. Nah, <laughs> that's why well, I was being nice. I mean, <laughs> um, you know, the, the deep state is being used the same way that the term conspiracy theorist is being used or the term now which is catchy is you know white nationalist is being used the deep state simply refers to unelected bureaucrats you know again like myself <laughs> who are the driving force behind government policies um, we see this happening it is a perfect example is the the new ATF ruling about uh, homemade firearms, personally made firearms. Um, I refuse them to call them ghost guns because to me, that's what Bill Murray used in the 80s in the movies. <laughs> but <laughs> we see that happening with ghost guns, with with bump stocks, uh, forced reset triggers. Um, I'm, I'm a firearms guy. I, I like my firearms. So it's something I'm, I keep abreast of on a regular basis. But U.S. law lays out something very, very specific as far as what is a frame or receiver. But in this case, the deep state to it, ATF firearms technology branch has just said, well, no, we're not going to listen to the law. This is now what it says. And these are the new requirements. So that is a perfect present example of what the deep state is. And it's bureaucrats who have gotten way too much power and at this point, essentially cannot be reined in. Yeah, they look out for their own. And something that has occurred to me that is different, and I'll, I'll go back to February of 2020 when you were on last, that was pre-COVID, that was pre-BLM riots, it was pre a lot of bad stuff, it was pre-inflation, it was pre the decline of the dollar. Um, just catalog for us all the things that are <laughs> going wrong in this country and then comment a little bit on them. One of the things that you touched on right there is probably the most significant one, and that is the decline of the dollar. We all know fiat currencies by their very nature are designed to fail. And when you've printed 80% of all the current U.S. dollars in circulation over the past few years, it, there's an incredible inflationary cycle. But you couple that with Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the freezing of their assets, 
uh, Russia, China, Indonesia, and India are in talks to replace the U.S. dollar as a global reserve currency with the Chinese yuan. Uh, Saudi Arabia has agreed to take payment in Chinese currency. So my belief is what we are living through right now is the replacement of the dollar as the world's reserve currency. And that will do to the United States what the replacement of the British pound with the dollar did to the United Kingdom. Yeah, and that's massive inflation. It is economic destruction. It is malaise. It is the destruction of an empire. It's the death penalty for a country, if you will. That's what happens when you go from being the reserve currency. And for newer listeners, and we have several thousand new listeners every week. So thank you, by the way, new listeners. We appreciate you. If you haven't heard us mention the one or two sentence explanation of why this world reserve currency, which is not something that you normally think about or hear about, why this matters is most business, international business, buying and selling of oil, for example, you mentioned Saudi Arabia, is done in U.S. dollars. If you are Italy and you want to buy some oil from Saudi Arabia, you can only do it in dollars. Well, that means that there is artificially high demand for dollars. And we all know supply and demand, when there's a lot of demand for something, the value of it goes up. Conversely, when there's not a lot of demand for things like MC Hammer's parachute pants right now, for example, that would be a good one. There's not a high price for them. You can probably get them on eBay for about a dollar. People would probably pay you to take them. So when demand is low, the price is low. Well, that applies to currencies too. And it means the United States has an artificially high value placed on its currency when, for example, Saudi Arabia starts selling oil in Chinese yuan currency, that means the Chinese currency is going to be artificially highly valued, which means that the U.S. currency is going to be lowly valued, have a low value, and that means it's going to take more U.S. dollars to buy stuff, which includes hamburger and gasoline and everything else. And you, you're so right about what happened to the British Empire. I mean, it sounds crazy now, you know, British Empire. It's like we have whatever Megan and whatever his name is, and they're a train wreck. And that's what we think of as Britain right now. But they used to rule the world. And they didn't after. Yeah, after their currency was no longer the world reserve currency. So it's a really, really big deal. Well, what are your thoughts on what appears to Shelby and me to be the fact that the deep state, the people trying to destroy this country, are just out in the open about it. They're not even hiding it anymore. Walk us through that and what the significance of it means when they're just out in the open about it. There are a couple competing theories on why they're being so open. And my take on it is it's a combination of two things. One is their absolute control over the media. And one of the things that you'll hear from leftists on on social media, you know, and on other legacy media outlets is you know they always harp on you know fox news this fox news that fox news this fox news that when you take a closer look at it you know fox news has been instrumental in shifting the overton window to the left and i'm at a point right now where the fox news i consider a little better to be controlled opposition So what you're looking at is, number one, they have a lock on the legacy media, so they're emboldened by that. And the flip side, and where you see the stridency and you see the the meltdowns, um, like with, you know, an African-American owning 10% of Twitter. And just so people know, Elon Musk is from South Africa, so he's technically... African-American, although the phrase has come to mean a racial thing, not a nationalistic thing. So a little tongue in cheek there. I wanted folks to know because they're, they're saying, I looked at this Elon Musk guy. He looks like a white dude to me. And, and this Jack Decker guy is saying he's an African-American. But technically he is. It just shows how the words have been used and manipulated to mean something different. But keep going. I just wanted to prevent listeners listeners from stumbling on that one. Roger. Uh, but, but you see the panic. You saw the panic during the Trump administration, um, you know, coming from the left. And the, the, the reason for this panic is individuals like Trump, individuals like Musk, who 
Trump was never a very good public speaker. Neither is Elon Musk. However, what they were able to do was to get people to start thinking, to start reassessing what they're being told by these legacy media outlets. Uh, Donald Trump received more of the black vote in the United States than any Republican, I believe, in history. Don't quote me exactly on that. Um, But his message to black voters was, this is what the Democrats have done for you for the past 50 years. Are you better off now than you were then? And if not, why not give me a chance? Um, Elon Musk is not, I I hesitate to call him a troll, but what, what the man is doing is bringing truth to a very wide platform. He's a successful, ungodly successful entrepreneur. And he's a man that's looked at and respected as this is somebody who came from nothing. Look what he's become. He has a large following. And the man, in general, speaks truth and opens up people's eyes. And that's the one thing that the left progressives, however you want to refer to them, cannot stand. They cannot let happen is for people to start waking up and applying critical thought to what's going on around them, because that is the death knell for the American left or progressive movement. Good. (laughs) I'm all for that. So, um, Jack, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, as I'm listening to this, I'm just, I'm just absorbing what you're saying. If you, and I'm sure you are, if you're a prepper, how does the how does all of what's happening around us right now how do we need to respond and react to it right now what people should be doing if they haven't started already i i I do want to say that it is never too late to start it's possible to be behind the curve but it's never too late to start right now i believe that people should be focusing on storing and preserving foodstuffs storing and preserving uh basic necessities um we were talking during the uh during the pre-show you know about you know i currently have about 500 pounds of dried stores and i've recently invested at a dear financial cost considering where i live and what my expenses are and i almost overextended myself but i purchased a home food freeze dryer harvest uh, right Awesome. Freeze dry, complete meals, things like uh, macaroni and cheese and and ziti and things that, you know, you normally that don't store well, Um, you know, so and one of the things in in a uh, in a survival situation, one of the things I learned from Iraqis when I was over in Iraq is that comfort items mean so much in times of deprivation. So. You know, if somebody could go out and maybe purchase, you know, some freeze-dried meals that are tasty, you know, someone can only live on rice and beans for so long. Um, but definitely start laying in foodstuffs. Um, definitely start laying in durable goods that uh, might be needed in a time of, in a time of deprivation. If, for example. I, I like using power tools. Yeah, I do repairs around my home with power tools, but I also have manual tools to back those up. You know, my my can my home canner is a gigantic pressure cooker that could be put over an open fire. So when you start looking at prepping, based on my experiences over in Iraq, you know, things with a very unreliable power grid, um, a dearth of supplies to be had being able to do things in the simplest way is the direction that preppers should be taking. Awesome. Exactly. And what importance, as if I don't know, but what importance do you place on having um, safe drinking water? It's it's top of the line. Uh, yeah, I'd rather be without food than be without water. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm somewhat lucky in that I have a source of fresh water uh, extremely close to me that's not reliant upon municipal uh, municipal service. Um, but even something as simple as getting some 55-gallon drums and you know, saving rainwater. Uh, water is it's what we're made of. It's what our planet is made of. Life doesn't exist without it. So that is an absolutely absolutely essential item um and and thank you for reminding me being 
like I said, I have a I have a source of fresh water near me. So while that doesn't, um, what's the best way I could put this is that because it's there, I tend not to think about it. If that makes sense. Exactly. And why do you think we have about a minute or two before we're going to go into our, our break? What do you think is the reason for a lot of preppers not placing enough importance on water? Is it because it's always there? Every time you turn on the tap, it's there. I mean, I've, I'm fascinated by this because I've fallen into this trap myself. I, for quite a while, just took water for granted. And then I realized what a terrible mistake that was. Why do you think it is that people take it for granted? I, I think you hit the nail right on the head. And I, I just kind of explained that, you know, a little bit, a little bit ago because I have, a, I have a stream that's very close to where I, where my residence is. So it's there. So I don't think about it, even from a prepping standpoint, you know, I understand that municipal water may not be always available, but here is an alternate water source where I can get what I need. So I think it becomes, it's so prevalent. It's, it's almost like breathing. You know, it's, it's intrinsic. You turn on the tap, you get good water. That's going to be there. And I think that I do believe that is a major blind spot. Yeah. One of the, one of the points I made, and, and I'll talk about it um, after the break, when I talk about the firearms radio network, but I was on one of their shows and it, it dawned on me. I, Shelby and I both um, have this, situation where we will often figure things out when we're on the air talking about it. You'd think that we would think about it in advance and be all logical, but we're not necessarily. And it hit me when I was on this other show that it's ironic. Maybe that's not the right word. It is interesting that water is the cheapest thing to prepare for. I mean, water treatment pills, for example, are dirt cheap. That's not necessarily the best way to treat water long term. I mean, having you know, a water source like you do is obviously the best, but water preps are, generally speaking, the cheapest preps, and they happen to be the most important preps. When else are you gonna have the lines intersect between affordability and importance? Usually it's the other way around, right? And so we are big fans of water preparation here at Prepping 2.0. That's one of the reasons Prepping 2.0 is 2.0 is that this is a show about the stuff that gets overlooked by the prepping 1.0 level of analysis and we love prepping 1.0ers you got to start somewhere and we never want to sound like we're you know like the black belts of prepping and every (laughs) other belt below us doesn't matter so i wanted to uh, turn it over to shelby who's going to mention a couple things well and just to agree with that and in um, so many times when you and I are talking on a show like this and I'm just sitting here just absorbing everything here but um, yeah I come up with ideas and then let's not forget between you and I Glenn our minds are always spinning yeah like every day like as we prep our our personal property now it's like okay we need to think about this and this and this so yeah it's it's it can be a little consuming it can so before we have to unceremoniously take a break here quick mention of some of our great sponsors you can find at our website prepping2-show.com US Law Shield Backwoods Home Magazine My Kind CBD great folks there Numana Foods also EMP Shield folks we have so many more questions we're going to be asking Jack Decker after the break don't go away more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. You are only as safe as your gear. Rely on TAC Niner, premium tactical survival gear. Visit TAC Niner on Amazon. It's spelled T-A-C, the digit 9, E-R. Tactical gloves, lights, poles, trenching, and more. See the full line. Visit TAC Niner on Amazon. Gear up and save money when you mention Glenn and Shelby. Use the code TAC9RP20 at checkout and save 20% on tactical gloves. TAC Niner, premium, high-performance survival gear that is built 
to last. Abe Lincoln here. In 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into Boston Harbor. On that day, Americans began drinking coffee. We celebrate that event daily here at Minutemen Coffee. All men are created equal. <laughs> coffee is not. Minutemen Coffee is roasted to perfection in small batches. Bold, smooth, and never bitter. Shipped to you fresh daily. Whole bean, ground, or our patented pods. www.minutemencoffee.com Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself and save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. Thanks for coming back with us after the break. Our guest, Jack Decker, um, is back with us. We're going to ask him another question here in a few moments. But first, I have to admit something to y'all. What is it, dear? What is it? I have an addiction. Oh, my goodness. To what? <laughs> I'm addicted to coffee and I'm oh, not no. hurting anyone. Oh, yes, you are. You're hurting those around you. No, I'm not. I am actually supporting an awesome company out there, Minutemen Coffee, with my addiction. And I'm proud to say that Minutemen Coffee is the exclusive roasters of I Miss the I Miss America blend of coffee. I encourage you to go find them over at prepping2-0.com under friends and affiliates. There's an awesome coupon code there. Minutemen Coffee, they brought the Constitution back to the coffee table. They send you a copy of the United States Constitution with every order. That's what they mean by bringing the Constitution back to the coffee table. Outstanding human beings and friends. And, and supporters so, of my addiction. Yes, exactly. I mean, having your own brand of coffee, Shelby, is like some people having their own brand of fentanyl with their little name printed on a little bag. I'm not bag. hurting anyone. Yes, you are, dear. <laughs> well, I wanted to let folks know we're so excited. We've been mentioning this a lot, but it is a source of great joy for us. We are affiliates. We are members of the Firearms Radio Network, which is at firearmsradio.net. 
They have 28 fantastic shows. We humbly say that Prepping 2.0 is one of them. We include ourselves in the great show category. Pardon us, but it's kind of true. We put a lot of effort into this show, and we have a fantastic producer, and it shows. I've been a guest on a couple um, FRN shows, Talking Lead, which it came out, and Patreon's got a link to it. And then also, it's uh, just been released, um, a great show called Who Moved My Freedom. That's um, a great title. It is. It's, it's based on the book Who Moved My Cheese, which is about disruptions uh, that people face and, and the interesting psychology behind it. Well, every week we do a spotlight of another Firearms Radio Network show. And uh, this week is Gun and Gear Review. And guess what the show's about, Shelby? Bananas. Nope, it's about violins. No, it's not. <laughs> it's about guns and gear, and it's a review show. And I'm going to be on an upcoming episode of Guns and Gear Review. And so we just wanted to let you know, if you're the kind of person that we think you are listening to this show, you're probably going to like at least one, but probably several of the shows on Firearms Radio Network. Well, Shelby has a question for Jack. So, Jack, you've done this wargaming scenario between Patriots and others. Tell us about that. It's so fascinating. Uh, this was 10 or 11 years ago. Um, I was invited to uh, participate in the sand table exercise of war game about a domestic insurgency here in the United States. And the the goal of the exercise was to present plausible scenarios that may arise, counters to those scenarios, how everything would play out. And we went through dozens of permutations until we arrived at one that the consensus was would be the most likely scenario to arise and to occur. And one thing before we get to too deep into it is I, I want to explain that this is not a roadmap you know going from point a to point b to point c and so on it was more along the lines of a, a picture of the united states you could figure out how to get to, from new york to california by looking at just a map of the united states so that that's what this sand table exercise should be looked at more than you know map quest or gps directions hmm. so what what was envisioned was a a leftist trifecta in the government meaning them having the house the senate and the presidency it was also in at the time we determined that there were two legitimate election cycles left um in the United States prior to these scenarios occurring. And that's one of the things that we pretty much hit nail right on the head in that the election of Donald Trump as a 45th president was the last true election, in mm -hmm. my opinion, that, that we had. 2016 election is what you're talking about. Correct, sir. Um, you know, obviously 2020, um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah the, the joke is, you know, my parents voted Republican until the day they died and then they started voting Democrat. <laughs> and, you know, we saw that come out in, in full force and effect in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, but we were exceptionally lucky in that the Democrats did not get the trifecta that they were looking for. Um, however, we've seen some of the let's say after effects from that election mm -hmm. that also matched what happened in the sand table exercise. And that is the rapid, rapid, rapid shifting to far left extremist ideals being pushed as being pushed as mainstream things that the normal American citizen honestly looks at and just wonders like how did we get here you know it, it, at what point you know does it become appropriate to be talking about deviant sexual practices to a five or six year old child you know i i think every normal person I, i'll even include you know most you know leftist liberals progressives would look at that in it in reality and go that is disgusting that that really shouldn't happen 
But what we're seeing and in, in our sand table exercise, and unfortunately, I, I, and I should have read back through it again, um, but what we had seen during the sand table exercise was the left demonizing any opposition to them. And at the time, it was, you know, they would be called Nazis, they would be called white supremacists, um, they would be called insurrectionists or insurgents, and insurrectionist is another term that comes up quite often. But what we're seeing now is a shift to more softer social issues since the insurrectionist label hasn't stuck. The, the term racist has lost its lost its meaning nowadays and they've realized that that wasn't grabbing the public's attention anymore uh, so the, the general message as I said before you know that the coast to coast map is still there but now they've shifted the focus from a more political side of things to the the softer social sciences sort of things. But we're, we're still seeing this progression occurring and we're seeing it speed up and speed up as time passes. You know, the, the past two years have been markedly worse than the four years under Obama that we had. We had, you know, we did have an upswing um, in the country uh, during Trump's presidency. But again, and again, flipping back to the sand table exercise, was the the media is acting legacy media is acting as agents of you know, progressives whether it's you know plans come up by the world economic forum or the democrat party here in the united states these goals that they want to achieve which is the dismantling of america as a world power the, the timeline is accelerating because more and more people are waking up and you're starting to see some of the general directions that were talked about during the sand table exercise manifest a lot quicker mm, uh, as time yeah. has gone by. These social softball issues that they are using to unravel, from what I'm hearing you say, our country, I think can get us, and I think it's a point, it can get us as patriots, us as preppers going sideways because it makes us it's one of those things that sometimes we get we disagree on things although I don't see I agree with you how can you disagree on content that is being put in front of kindergartners that in any other in a workplace would cause uh, sexual harassment uh, filing to be charged um, so I, I what would you say to help inspire those of us who are trying to keep our ourselves together and our families and our communities together as preppers, as patriots, to not get caught up in that and get sideways on social issues. It, everything, everything that the left does is by design. And that's one thing, that's one of the reasons that I like coming on this program is because you, your listeners, you're proactive people in general. You see things happening you know, you plan for the future, you get things, you get your ducks in a row before something bad happens. The left has always or seems to have always been better at being proactive. The the right, the conservatives, the patriots tend to fall on the reactive side. And you, you could see that you could see that happening with the BLM riots that we went through, um, the, the violence that was perpetrated on a grand scale in this nation the thing i believe that that we as patriots and as preppers need to focus on isn't so much the national issues which are used to induce just mass hysteria and to keep people at each other's throats, even even within our own communities. I mean, sometimes I like to laugh and say, you know, the, the patriots are our own worst enemies because we get off into the weeds, into disagreements on on policies or you know how we think things should be going. The most important thing that that we need to be doing in our community is is developing the local networks to. You know, there's there's an old saying, aim small, miss small. 
focus on your local governments, focus on your county governments. We have the ability to make the impact in our immediate surroundings. Things on a national level, we will never, ever, ever be able to influence, um, at least not without violence. I am, and I'm not advocating that. However, when you're talking about you know federal policies, things that are being being pushed by legacy media outlets, they're juggernauts. So, right. what we need to what we need to be focused on, and what will get us through what I believe is coming, is that is that that small the the small focus focus on your individual group of preppers, making contacts with like minded people, developing a talent base within a small tight knit group. You know, concentrate on voting for your local school boards, concentrate on voting for the village mayor, for, you know, the the county commissioners uh, is where I live. They're called commissioners, voting for your county commissioners, things that will will have an effect on your day to day life. And as much as I'm not going to say ignore the national levels or ignore the things that the mainstream media is is pushing but you 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 can't push back against cnn you can't push back against you know, the national uh uh what do they call it the, the national educational um nea yeah. yeah teachers union teachers unions you know they're juggernauts but what you can do is you can vote for your local school board well, walk us through how the how the uh, sand table exercise, and for those unfamiliar with the yes. term, it just means like a like a sandbox where you have like like uh, toy soldiers, like blue soldiers and red soldiers, and you can have little little tanks and stuff, and it's that's the idea of it. So it's kind of a a war gaming exercise. We've we've covered very well the topic of how divided the country is, how it would get more divided, and how there would be acknowledged election fraud. Walk us through how it progresses um, until the end, because you've given us or you're about to give us a bit of a glimpse into a possible future. And that is something of great interest to people. Roger. And what, what we what we come up with is is after the the progressives leftists have consolidated power. It, it gets bad for us. It gets bad for the Patriots simply because of the size and the power of what's arranged against us. And the, the progression of the sand table exercise was a meteoric rise in leftist or progressive power, brutal suppression of anyone who dares engage in wrong think against the regime. But one thing that the, and this, again, this was a consensus, uh, you know, and high level, indiv- I, I hate using the term high level, exceptionally intelligent, worldly, experienced individuals who sat down and participated in this, patting myself on the back, <laughs> was one thing that the leftists didn't count on was individual resistance. Now, Hmm. There, there would, of course, be groups, you know, we saw, you know, Antifa versus Proud Boys, um, you know, these, these street melees going on. But one of the things that came out of the uh, out of the, the summer of love uh, hmm. was Kyle Rittenhouse. Right. Kyle, Kyle Rittenhouse exemplified something that we decided was going to happen was... You know, the army of one, the gray man, the individual that nobody has ever thought about who isn't on anyone's radar, who goes out there and breaks up whatever horrific thing is happening at the time. Um, in our sand table exercise, it was that that gray man going out and demonstrating that you know, these media icons who were pushing these ideas and are acting as agents of the radical left and taking them out for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not advocating doing so. This was just a scenario that we came up with. However, that translates well into Kyle Rittenhouse 
who shut down the Kenosha riots in 15 seconds. And this is a, I mean, I, I, I don't like going into physical appearances, but let's face the facts. He was a pudgy, discombobulated 17-year-old kid with his rifle, and he shut down that riot in under 10 minutes. And showed an am- amazing firearm skill in that moment. <laughs> it's right. Uh, exactly what what Mr. Rittenhouse performed during that time frame. Not only engaging targets during a fighting retreat, but clearing a jam along the way, and only shooting individuals who needed to be shot. It was. If I, I would if I did if I would if somebody had described it to me and I hadn't seen the video, I would assume that was you know a, a tier one guy, a guy from Group or Seal or, or Delta guy. I never in a million years would have attributed those actions to a seventeen-year-old. I mean, to the point where he held fire on somebody when the guy put his hands up. It's amazing. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, I know, I know, career police officers who would not have performed as well as he did during during that uh during that incident so we have individuals gray gray men and women who aren't on anyone's radar rising tell us about how it progresses um how the sides start to coalesce and what candidly the battles look like well what 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 we saw is happening as you know, Antifa are, or Antifa are the, the foot soldiers of the left. They're, they're the brown shirts. They're the ones that go out and start the riots, who agitate the crowds, to you know turn crowds into mobs and then into actual violent rioters. And the 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 patriot side of things is the the three percenters, the proud boys, individuals like that. I do believe that the event horizon for this is behind us. So looking towards the future, the next cycle of riots, and we all know it's going to be coming, is you'll, I believe you will see both the Antifa side and the, the Proud Boys. And I, I don't like singling them out in any way, shape, or form. Um, I'm just using, or I should say, Antifa you know, and the Patriots um, or the militia groups. Um, you're going to see clashes. They'll get fed into the meat grinder. Mm-hmm. And that will be used to further demonize. Because as we all know, the right tends to be reactionary. We don't strike first. Right. We strike We strike back hard when we're struck. And we all know the way that the media manipulates the imagery. Uh, we saw that with um, uh, Mr. Sandman from Covington High School. Uh, that entire incident. Mm-hmm. So the media will constantly be be putting these clashes into, oh my, look at these violent right wing extremists hurting you know the, these poor innocent peaceful protesters. What we saw happening after that is as people start waking up, they will no longer see the media as a neutral organization. And we've already seen that happening. Um, you know, the, the trust in CNN is up there with you know, Casey Anthony's babysitting service. Ah, geez, yeah. You know, people look at mainstream media, legacy media, and see them as a joke because nothing, literally nothing they say is true. Mm-hmm. So at, at some point, those media person media celebrities however you wish to refer to them will be viewed not as uninterested third parties but as active participants in what's going on and then we believe that they would start being targeted um you know for violence from that point they the media would all of a sudden back off because they realized that they 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 don't have the upper hand that they're not untouchable. Um, we we predicted that it would devolve into political violence and that government officials would start being targeted. While this was going on, 
various federal agencies, various state law enforcement, state and local law enforcement agencies would be actively hunting anybody opposed to the regime that was in power. And again, this was envisioned as being a leftist trifecta. Hmm. But as the attacks on government personnel, on media personnel become more prevalent, those resources that were used to hunt down the quote, you know, right wing extremists would then be redirected into protecting politicians, you know, protecting media personnel, things of that nature, which allow the patriots a little bit more freedom of operation. And the situation would progress until I I don't know if you've ever been to um uh, been to like a, a major major event or you know most government buildings are not actually protected by federal agents what you have are contract security guards um, yeah th- these these guys are out there doing a hard and thankless job and getting paid you know 20 25 dollars an hour uh, you know to man the metal detectors and to check IDs of people coming in and out of buildings they're going to wind up being targeted. Mm -hmm. And I don't know of many people, myself included, who would willingly subject themselves, you know, to that kind of imminent threat for, you know, $30,000 a year. It it doesn't make sense. Um, So as you start seeing the breakdown of the federal monopoly on force, local police departments, you know, right now, law enforcement has power because the people allow it to have power. You know, there there's not enough cops in the county that I live in. You know, it's I think it's like one law enforcement officer for every eight thousand people. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that one of the things that we're going to start seeing happening, and this was something that we also envisioned in our sand table exercise is that the people are going to realize there's a lot more of us than there are of you. Right. And at that point, you're going to see local law enforcement. Look at these progressives that they are tasked with protecting and say, you know what? You made your own bed. You can lie in it. I'm out. These people may know where my family is. They may know where I live. Exactly. Why am I going to put them at risk for you? when you hate every single thing about who I am and what I do. Absolutely. So we're going to stop you right there. In the after show, we're going to ask Jack what effect the red state, blue state divide has on this scenario. I love coming on this show because you get information out to people who desperately need it. I plan on becoming a Patreon as soon as I hang up this phone. And I encourage everybody who listens you know five dollars a month is the price of a cup of burnt mud from starbucks yeah. it's the least <laughs> that we could do to help support you guys in your mission and to get this information out and it will allow them to not only survive but thrive in what i believe is coming up Shelby's going to take us out of this segment and into the after show. Folks, don't forget from one of our great founding fathers, Benjamin Franklin, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.